and then the Dajjal, the, the Hasidisa, that would mean the Hasidisa is coming, Jesus is coming, open up a can on the Dajjal, and then it's just a big war against all the bad guys. So the Dajjal is the Antichrist? Yeah. Okay. And so I'm all for that. Mm-hmm. Like I would, you're telling, we get to, we get to hang out with like, Jesus the warrior? That's cool. Against people who we know are bad guys. Hmm. That's... And all of the nerds are gone, so you don't have to deal with all those guys. Mm-hmm. What do you think? I mean, that, that's very appealing to me. Welcome to Crossing Phase, where Christian and Muslim talk religion and politics. Crossing Phase is a production of Muslims from Muslims International and is produced by Elliot Toman and John Pinna. Opening music is by Vajra Temple. Did you like that? Did you like my... It's fantastic. Yeah. It's fantastic. That's my radio, it's voice. radio voice. Yeah. All right. It, uh, I, I imagine it's unbearably annoying, and anybody who is going to listen is now no longer a problem for us. Yeah. Well, it, it, the, the, the agenda is to eliminate as many non believers as possible. Yeah. Right. So. Right. We want to get rid of the, the heretics and only listen to, to, or only have true believers. Right. People who are already on board. The new orthodoxy. Yeah. Okay. So we've got. We got this whole new lead in. Yeah. Today on Crossing Fades. Oh, today on Crossing. Well, oh, that was my cue, wasn't it? <laughs> today on Crossing Fades, uh, comparing notes on the great eschatological cinema challenge. Plus, is Jesus too liberal for evangelicals? And we're going to talk about Christian martyrdom, Muslim mayhem in the streets of Pakistan. Yeah, I was, uh, you know, Elliot threw that at me and he's like, so. <laughs> So, uh, are you responsible for this? And I, I go, okay, I'll take, the, I'll take a stab at it. Are you responsible for this? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I said. <laughs> what do you have to say for yourself, yeah. Ex- John, regarding this. the Muslim violence in Pakistan? You're responsible, very, very clearly. I mean, I, the, the headline is fantastic. Targeted Christians found shelter with Muslims. It's fantastic. Uh, yeah. During the Pakistan rampage. Yeah. Well, I think it's. I think that that article certainly has some interesting elements to it. So, I look forward to talking about it. So, over the weekend, we had a whole song and dance about. We just shot a bunch of stuff back and forth, and you gave me a movie to. I gave you a movie to watch. Yep, you because did. Because we were trying to figure out if Jesus is back. This is how ridiculous our lives are. So we were trying to see if Jesus was back and what it, and I said, and you pinged me and I said, well, you know, it has to happen to Medina. Jesus comes down. He's got a yellow robe. It's very specific. Mm -hmm. And then the Mahdi has to appear, right? So the Mahdi is is another guy. And, and we kind of went into the Mahdi, which is the, the, the bringing forth is sort of the, the idea of of the end of days that you that you would call and uh the idea of uh, of of unifying all of islam and he is the guy who does that so would he would would a forerunner be an accurate term to apply to the mahdi he's i'm not at all familiar with the idea of a mahdi in in my eschatology so so essentially at the end of days there's a number of things that are going to happen and i and we, we should have a show on this mm-hmm. um but broad strokes the Mahdi's going to come back. The Mahdi will exist. He's a guy who will unify Islam, and everyone will either become Muslim or re- revert because everybody is Muslim. Or uh, uh, the the bad the bad guys may may have to be dealt with appropriately. Sure. And then Hazrat Isa comes down, which is Jesus, and he opens up a can on the the uh the Dajjal, the, the antichrist the same thing in christianity mm-hmm. uh so there's there's a and there's a, a series of events that need to happen mm-hmm. in order for that to occur uh so you know what, what did i say i said okay i, I sent you this movie because we're <laughs> yeah, and it's and i said well it this is there's there there's a there's a number of historical events that claim to have the Mahdi back, and he count and he came and there's a movie called Khartoum and that's uh, uh, an example with Charlton Heston and he plays uh, uh, General Gordon which there's a statue of him in in uh, um, in Sudan in Khartoum which is 
I've been there. The statue's well, I don't know if it's still there, but it was there when I was there. And it was pretty cool because I had seen the movie and mm-hmm. historical events. But essentially, what it is is that um, uh, it's a movie about uh, the, the British possessions in in Egypt and the British influence in Sudan in the late 1800s and and uh, General Gordon uh, feels compelled as a Christian and multi-faith practitioner to go to where he had worked on an anti-slavery agenda to challenge the Mahdi. And the Mahdi is uh, played by, um, oh God, Laurence Olivier. Yeah. And, uh, and so his calmness is just fantastic. You know, hit the wave, hit the gate of how he speaks. But regardless, he believes that he's part of this faith movement uh, and he believes he's the Mahdi. And he believes that he has certain characteristics of the Mahdi and the coming of the Mahdi. And he believes that his mission is to unify all of Islam and all of the world around Islam. And so, hyper-dramatic, I would say historically accurate in the sense that there are they're using actual people and actual events and places mm-hmm. but there's, it's pretty fanciful pretty mm-hmm. fanciful but I I gave it to you because to watch because it's such broad strokes you don't really need to get caught in the minutiae and it's very easy for individuals to get on board with um a, an agenda of consolidation around we're gonna this is it we're a part of something important we're gonna move forward forget all your troubles and in this brief time everything's gonna be you know paradise you know established and so uh, which ties to that article you sent to me mm-hmm. because you know it's about burning the Qurans and everybody freaking out and then and it's easy to say well do I do we really have to rake the lawn today? No, no, no. We're going to get out in the streets and we're going to dole out justice to these guys that burn the Quran. You know, it's it, it's 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 a it's one of those things where everybody can jump on board and everybody feels like they're serving something large themselves in a and I, I want to say superficial manner. It's not superficially superficial to defend one's faith, but if you're going to transact violence, I think you need to think a little bit first. Mm-hmm. On on the reasoning behind it, especially if you're a person of faith. Sure. So, uh, but you sent me a movie. I did. That was a. It, it's it's proof that there is good and evil. As proof that hell does exist. Yeah. Well, uh, so you you told me that I had to watch Khartoum, and so I felt that. Uh, I, it was only fair for me to tell you to watch uh, the 2014 uh, Nicolas Cage film Left Behind. And I did that primarily because I dislike you and want you to suffer. Um, but then I realized that I also had not seen Left Behind. And so the, the prison sentence that I imposed on you, uh, in all fairness, I had to impose on myself. Well, I think that it puts you amongst the elected. You're now, you know, you have to martyr yourself. Isn't that something, isn't that part of your Christian? Yeah, I definitely consider it a form of self-flagellation. Yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah. And I think uh, it says something about me that uh, having done that, um, despite your uh, pleas um, for me not to watch the film, uh, (laughs) (laughs) after having seen it yourself, you were like, please save yourself, don't do this. Yeah, don't um, watch it. Don't. I, I watched it, and then uh, it just wasn't enough for me, so I went and, and watched the sequel the next day. I had no idea there was a sequel, and all I can say is, when all first thing you had to say is Nicolas Cage. Yeah. So, Nicolas Cage, there's three movies to watch with Nicolas Cage. Raising Arizona, Moonstruck. Is there a third movie? I don't even think there is a third movie to watch. I don't think there is a third movie. But those are two solid movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, anything else? I'm not sure what was going on. I think he was just aggregating funds. But when you said Nicolas Cage, I said, oh my God. And then 
I specifically told you not to watch the movie because there's <laughs> it's living proof that there that there is that the Shatan exists the devil exists and he's making movies um, and I always say if you doubt that there's evil in the world drive on a highway in the UK and whoever designed those holiday, those 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 those, uh, those highways have no idea that well they have every idea what they're doing they were just they're just destroying the the souls the the, the positivity in 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 the human existence because there's no way to drive in them and not come out like thinking oh, I, I, I don't want to do that again well I mean the stated purpose this this isn't the real purpose of a movie like that but the stated purpose of a movie like that is to scare you into a conversion experience kind of like one of those, you know, hell houses that they do around Halloween. Right. Um, and, and so if that, <clears throat> if that is what happened with you, then I can only say that it was uh, effective. Well, what did I say? I'm farther away from Christianity than I've ever thought. Yeah. I think that was my response. An incidental side effect. But it did scare you into some kind of experience. Right. <laughs> well, and so the premise of it is, as far as I can understand, and is that, uh, the rapture uh, occurs while Nicolas Cage is a pilot um, piloting a plane mm -hmm. and he has to save the plane and while is I mean is it his girlfriend Who, who's the young lady I couldn't the daughter uh, they're, they're, his daughter yep yeah, uh, is was, a part of the film so it was very unclear so the he mother, has a Okay, so he's got a wife who is a an evangelical Christian who's been trying to convert him. Who they both hate. Uh, yeah, they hate the wife. All they're of a exasperated by her, and so there's a really interesting theme in this film of uh, the the apparent craziness of evangelical Christians because they proselytize, and they only care about one thing, and so they are they are viewed as crazy by the unsaved people in this film, and that's something that's kind of like hammered on repeatedly oh, over yeah. the course of the film right so right. anyway she gets raptured and so does um his children. his son and the the female protagonist's younger brother um because he is uh, a child right. um you will not find anything like that in scripture but it's uh the it, it it has to do with a doctrine called the age of accountability which is something that evangelicals developed over time to solve some various theological difficulties and we have that in islam it's like no one's account no children are accountable to the age of seven and the age of 12 there's there's sort of a, a personhood uh, uh sort of clause so mm -hmm. then you're able to to, to make decisions as an adult, so there's sort of like a between seven and twelve, there's sort of this gray area. But but a child is is seven or below, yeah. yeah and so they're not accountable for it. That's why when you see um, a lot of of young Muslim couples uh, with children, the uh, young girls young won't be wearing a hijab or any kind of covering or stuff like that. And then at, at a certain age, they at six seven, you know, they're able to make a decision of whether they want to what 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 chase being chased is what 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 being modest is um some some traditions are more 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 um, um restrictive or 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 more um fundamental in how they think about it yeah uh and and others where are allow their children to make up a make a choice um broad strokes in islam is that you know women make their choice on what is modesty there's a lot of cultural elements that come into play there um, and, and it depends. There's four sects, uh, four major sects, major sects in, in Shiism, and there's four in, in, in Sunnism. And depending on where you are, you may or may not, the choice, you know, could be a big, big C or a little C. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. So in uh, the Left Behind film, the younger brother of the female protagonist or the son of the, of Nicolas Cage's character is uh, depicted as, I would say, maybe 11, probably 12, at least. And so um, it's interesting. I, I, in evangelical circles that I'm familiar with, the age of accountability would have been presented typically as something along the lines of 12, maybe 13. Hmm. So he was at best like right on the edge of that cutoff point um it was it was difficult because i was watching the movie in the beginning 
there, there's just way too many conversations about the mother and how she's just a terrible person. And then, uh, and then, uh, and Nicholas Cage may or may not be cheating on his wife, and the daughter says, "Yeah, it's okay, I get it," and uh, or, or, you know, I understand, and, and um, you know, and then there's some kind of weird dynamic with somebody who's she's talking to at the airport. So the movie begins. The daughter's at the airport for some reason. The father's at the airport because he's a pilot. She's having coffee at the airport, and then. The daughter's having coffee at the airport, and then is talking with some guy who's famous. And Nicholas Cage and her have a conversation conversation about the mother, uh, where they kind of beat up the mother uh, verbally, mm-hmm. and even though she's not there. And they talk about trying to justify their own uh, actions because she's super Christian, and that's why they are with the way they are. Yeah. And then uh, they basically kind of console each other to give their mother a break, mm-hmm. and they sort of implicitly forgive each other for whatever they may have done as a result of not wanting to deal with their mother <laughs> which may have been cheating I don't not sure um, it, with the daughter it's not showing up to holidays or something um, so Nicholas Cage goes up in a plane the daughter goes somewhere she goes home she goes home and uh, and then the rapture happens all these children disappear and then all these these, these other the, the nerds disappear the, the, the you know, and they're, and they're gone. Mm-hmm. Um, I always kind of said, uh, you know, I, I really wish the rapture was true because that would mean all the nerds go and we can just, the, actually the cool people can be here on the planet. You know, what do you think? Well, according to the rapture theology, what happens after that is is not so pleasant. So there was an, one interesting element of the film was that the way in which non-Christians were depicted is that all of them had these sort of like really dark vices like all the non-christians in the film had these very visible shortcomings and character defects that you know indicated their non-christianness let's get the nerds out of here this is my stance would be like great the nerds are gone uh and they're going to be surprised when they see that Christian heaven is run by the, the Mormons. Um, and uh, and then the Dajjal, the, the Hasidisa, that would mean the Hasidisa is coming, Jesus is coming, open up a can on the Dajjal, and then it's just a big war against all the bad guys. So the Dajjal is the Antichrist? Yeah. Okay. And so I'm all for that. Mm-hmm. Like I would, you're telling, we get to, we get to hang out with Jesus the warrior? That's cool. Against, we know, people who we know are bad guys. Hmm. That's, and all of the nerds are gone, so you don't have to deal with all those guys. Mm-hmm. What do you think? I mean, that that's very appealing to me. So. But it's, but there's not, but the rapture is, it's questionable on whether or not it is, the, there's any kind of reality in from a theological perspective so is there any any theological justification for the rapture like what's the like all right how did the how did the rapture the idea of the rapture come along like what is the idea is that good people should be saved before something bad happens before the there's some there's some you know galactic battle between jesus and the antichrist right that's the there, somebody had came up and said, "Well, we can't have. What, what's the point of being so good? For, good for all this, you know, all this time. If if and 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 once this bad thing happens and all this turmoil is going to occur, good people should be saved, right? Is that was that the idea behind this? Yeah, the doctrine of the um, rapture was formalized uh, somewhere around the 1830s um, with some. You know the the connection of some fairly uh, unrelated or, or loosely related Bible verses, and the basic idea is that uh, what the, the there's going to be a period of tribulation where things are going to get really really bad, um, and this is based on some things that Jesus said and some things that we see in Revelation and stuff like that, that the world's going to get really super bad um, before Jesus finally returns and 
invokes justice. And um, the idea of the rapture is that, if, well, depending on which version of the rapture you believe in, that Christians are going to be uh, swept up to heaven uh, before that happens so that they can avoid those events. And this is a reformed thing. This is not Catholic or, or Orthodox. It's, it's not Orthodox. reformed either. It's evangelical. Right. Well, I say reformed, like post-Reformation. Like, so it's, oh, yeah, it's yeah. one it's, of those groups. It's, it's post, definitely post-Reformation. It's, it's, yeah. You know, it's, uh, it's the, okay. So, all right. Well, I mean, I, so that's what this movie's about. Yeah. So and it's speaking directly to, the, to whatever sects believe in this so here's the way that i would frame it rather than like trying to be a historical expert on it and go into the details which anybody can find out with a little bit of research it's a form of of escapism like in the most literal possible sense the idea that um that the christians who, who currently believe the right things are going to be spared the worst of god's judgment um, by virtue of believing the right things, of, of being on the right team. And um, so I would say that for an evangelical Christian, something like the Left Behind films uh, serves the same um, or, or a similar purpose to something like a zombie apocalypse film or, a, you know, a, a, a natural disaster film where there's this kind of idea of of you'll be sorryism you'll right. be sorry when everything that i said would happen would happen and i'll be kicking back in heaven and watching you suffer because you didn't listen to me uh, and so you know uh, a word that so is like instant judgment yeah it's triumphalism yeah. is is the word that's often being used for it i would call it like maybe vindicationalism Right, so in the sense that you know uh, and and this was very clearly expressed in these films that's that's what i thought was so intriguing to me about it is right off the bat they laid it on really thick that the non-christian characters viewed the christians as crazy and out of touch and then of course the christians were right and people spent the second half of the film um realizing how wrong they were and how right the crazy christians were and so there is this vindicating aspect of like you think i'm crazy now but just you wait well and then and they what they do they do a really good job of like the mother doesn't exist in the movie so she never exists in the movie (laughs) so it's like they're talking about this person and there's no character development so you don't like her or hate her or anything she's just this non-entity but and and so in in a very sort of angelic manner you mm-hmm. know so you know they don't believe her they they running their own lives they're running their own traps up and down the stream you know and then all of a sudden this happens and they're like uh be, sorry you know and then they realize how wrong they were and how right she was and like you said she's kind of She's still not there. She's in heaven now. Yeah, you know, uh, and 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 she was right all along. Uh, it's, it's. I'm trying to think of something similar in Islam, but the only thing I can think of is that there's a lot of imams and and and, and a, a lot of, of people online, uh, like that that will provide advice and guidance on Islam, and some are very thoughtful and meaningful, and I think appropriate. Um, but there's one that I'm thinking about very specifically, um, and there's a couple, but there's one that I'm thinking about very specifically, he will say, this is right, this is wrong, this is right, this is wrong. And he's speaking from his personal background, mm-hmm. um, faith background in Islam. And he's very, he's a fundamentalist, uh, and not in the sense of a, of, a, of, of, a, of a jihadi, but a fundamentalist who believes in the fundamentals of Islam. But he gets very, very, I got into a conversation with him this weekend because he said it's, he shouldn't be wearing a necklace. So, I mean, my first reaction to that was, well, I I may, I may be Muslim, but I, may, I never said I was a great, good Muslim, and and that has nothing to do with you. So, uh, but as part of the community, as part of a minority within the Muslim community, um, the the necklace that I wear has 
it's like a talis is a is like a, a talisman, um, and it's the sort of symbols of who we are and what we do. Um, and uh, but he was muddying the water with, because he was saying there's there's a it's very specific on how Islam is very is very prescriptive in many respects and very mm -hmm. specific has a lot of specificity on how gender should act right so good one is is that men shouldn't be wearing gold that that's that's a pretty that's a pretty standard uh, all broad broad spectrum of Islam generally men don't wear gold they wear silver women wear silver that's something that's preserved for for women and the idea that there's certain things that women do certain things that men do and if you do things that women do it's it's forbidden for men right so so gold would be would be an example the prophet uh, peace be upon him wore a ring so it's okay to wear a ring but when he wore the ring a lot of people don't know this he wore it inward as to not be flashy right and so he would turn it around it was a seal and he would seal his envelopes with it you know or whatever correspondence and then they would turn it inward it's kind of you know interesting little side note so we had this conversation about necklaces and he was passing sort of judgment on me and his idea is that he's he's a part of this elect you know he's got the plug-in to Allah and and but we're we're all reading the same book mm -hmm. you know? And uh, and he didn't know my faith background or what's going on, and in my own uh, world, I'm you know, a scholar and, and I you know I have some authority. But we were chatting back and forth in this. But basically, there's nothing that says you can't wear a necklace. He's interpreting as that I'm I'm dressing like a woman because I'm wearing a necklace mm -hmm. because there's sort of these broad statements. And he says, well, that includes necklaces. Mm -hmm. um, and there's no example of someone doing some aware of wearing a necklace. From the, from the prophet's perspective, so that so that so it's a hard no, and you're you're acting like a woman, and therefore it's haram, you know. So, and so he's he's he making sure that he, that that he's make he's putting me in my place, which is was reminiscent when I was watching this movie. I go, God, God, you know, like it happens all the time where we're told what's right and what's wrong, and we try to help each other down our don't don't faith paths or paths. Um, but this movie was so. It was like a hammer, you know. These people disappear. They're better than you, and now you're stuck, which was it was kind of appalling because Allah's supposed to be all merciful. There's supposed to be this idea of we're doing as best we can, right? And then when and and at the time of judgment, these these sort of specters will appear, right? And uh, uh, to our right would be. Our, our fasting, right? And to our left would be our, um, our zakat, our, uh, our, 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 our donations, our helping, you know, philanthropy, and then our good deeds, and they would all coalesce into an individual that we would see, right? And, and, and that, that individual that we see would be all of our good deeds sort of like piled into an individual, and that person we kind of would walk with, right, In, into our judgment. Uh, as sort of an image that my, 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 my great-grandfather gave me. And so the idea that this, these sort of multiple specter, specters these, these, that are our good deeds would coalesce into an individual that would be us. And the same thing happens with your bad deeds, right? And so it, it kind of destroys all that, this movie. And it just says, like, there's people that are cool, that are, that are, that are part of the inner circle, and there's people that aren't. And the people that aren't are stuck. Uh, and... And is it is it it was it was ambiguous which type of Christian this they were talking about? But then what happens next? Do they have to earn their way to heaven? Is that what happens? Here? So yeah, this is interesting. Uh, keying in on what you said, one thing that you saw in the movie is that it was a little bit difficult to predict in advance who would be raptured and who wouldn't. So. You know, setting aside the kids, which you could kind of take for granted. And that's uh, all kids? Yeah, all kids everywhere. Okay. And, and so, all the kids disappeared. Um, and then you had characters who, like, uh, in some cases, uh, th that you would expect to have been raptured, like pastors and stuff like that, who weren't. Oh, And then yeah. they specifically mentioned that there are people who were, who were not seen as Christians. 
um, who were raptured. And it's because of this secret inner relationship with Jesus or to Jesus that people had. So, for example, if you take the two, um, the two crew members of the plane who were raptured, uh, so that was the co-pilot and the second of two flight attendants were both raptured. Now, the, the co-pilot, um, in you know, the, his brief appearance before the rapture, he said the word sucks, which would not typically be acceptable for an evangelical in my experience. So I was a little surprised to see that he got raptured. There was no indication that he was a Christian. He didn't try to evangelize anyone or anything like that. And he said the word sucks. Um, but uh, turned out he had uh, John 3.16 stamped on his watch. Okay, so he believed in, in the, the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, the, the, the atonement of Jesus Christ. So that got him in. Okay, uh, the flight attendant, now she was trying to get the other flight attendant to dish dirt, to spill tea on the affair that she was beginning to have with Nicolas Cage's character. And she seemed very delighted by the prospect. She wasn't appalled. She didn't seem disturbed. So there was nothing about her that jumped out to me as being obviously, like, evangelically Christian. She seemed to be delighted by something that should have been disturbing. And yet, she was raptured as well. And then when Nicolas Cage's character looks through her stuff, he finds in her diary a note about going to a Bible study. Okay, so she's reading the Bible. Apparently, whatever inner transaction had taken place had gotten her in. And, and with these characters, you don't see any overt indication that they're a Christian. So his wife was obviously in because A, she read her Bible, and B, she didn't care about anything at all except evangelizing, like believing in God and evangelizing her family. Like, there's no indication that she did anything else at all with her life. Right. Except, uh, apparently, you know, cleaning the house, well, apparently <laughs> evangelizing shut, her family and reading the Bible. Yeah, apparently she shut down who she was for this, which is what yeah. this... She was a, a non-character, like you said. And so, all those people disappear, the people who really believe, okay? And then what that does is that shows the rest of the world, they were right, we were wrong. And now they have a choice to make. Are we going to believe what they believed in hopes that God will save us? Or are we going to double down in our disbelief and right, bring upon us his righteous wrath? Like, prove once and for all that we deserve what's coming to us. And that's sort of the fantasy, is to create this great scenario where there's no ambiguity. It's black and white. You either recognize the obviousness of what has happened and believe in spite of whatever it is was stopping you from believing before or you have absolutely and definitely brought upon yourself judgment and it's a sort of it's a compensation for the fact that evangelicals believe that anybody who does not believe that Jesus Christ died for them and accept that sacrifice will go to hell and will spend eternity in torment because they don't believe it. And that's, a, that's kind of like a, a hard pill to swallow. And so um, we, we have to kind of go through a lot of contortions and hoops to justify God being a good God while doing that. And, and that also is apparent in the movie because you've got all these questions being thrown around about why does God allow natural disasters to happen? Why does God allow bad things to happen to innocent people right. and stuff like that? Isn't God a monster? And the, the movie is bending over backwards to try to have the character say, no, God really isn't a monster and everything that he's doing is justified, when in fact, if you just kind of step back and look at what's happening in the movie, it's monstrous. Right. Yeah, well, you know, Hitchens is the, you know, the, you know who taught me this I, his argument about the Old Testament God, at least. He would, might smite you, but he didn't keep, he, he, didn't, he didn't damn you forever. Yeah. You know, yeah. You, you know, he might kill you, he might do this, he didn't damn you forever, but the New Testament God damns you forever, which is much more severe. Uh, and uh, I, I, I just, I had a conversation with an atheist maybe a couple months ago. We were chatting back and forth. And he was like, you know, if God exists, then how come all these bad things happened? And I was just, I was like, well, 
company's favorites. That's the answer. Mm-hmm. It's, it's as simple as that. You know, that's just the way it is. It's very explicit on what you need to do. If and and that's it. But which which outline of explicit rules are you following? And in this movie, it's saying evangelicalism is the right way. Mm-hmm. And if not, you're done. Yeah. Which seems pretty severe from well, an Islamic perspective. Yeah, I mean, from, a, from a, an essential religious perspective, obviously, the desire is to be, like, to be right about God in such a way that God is going to justify and vindicate your beliefs and your values over and against the beliefs and the values of other people, yeah. right? So, th- I mean, this, this goes right into this, this, these news t- stories that we were looking at about uh, evangelicals rejecting Jesus for being too soft, for being too liberal, right. in the sense that, you know, it, it, we, we, don't, we don't want to imagine a God who is merciful and accepting to everyone. We want to imagine a God who proves us right and everybody else wrong, and who, in the end, ultimately will demonstrate that by... Um, by saving him. Yeah, not by, by lending justice. Yeah, doling out by justice. By doling out justice to the people who criticized us for our beliefs. Well, it says even, you know, that the, the article that we talked about is evangelicals are now rejecting liberal je- teachings of Jesus. And I've, I've spoken to a number of people that that talk about the just war concept. Um, they don't get into it here, but they get into an, in, in, an NPR interview, and this is with, um, what, what is more, the Southern Baptist Convention, Russell Moore, the, the, the former top official and uh, and he talked. They they sort of kind of give him sort of street cred by saying he was like anti-Trump and 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 was trying to deal with the sex abuse crisis with the Southern Baptist clergy, uh, and that's in the article. But he basically did this interview with uh, with NPR and how Trump transformed the political landscape. So and 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 depicting the central sort of doctrine of Jesus Christian doctrine as being weak and liberal mm-hmm. so I this is gonna this is probably gonna take five but uh, Tate Andrew Tate was admiring Islam from the perspective of is you know, Muslims defend their faith um, and that's true I don't find Christians not defending their faith um, I, I don't. I don't know if I've ever. I mean, I I swim in the multi-faith space, and I find most Christians operate whichever way they operate, and it's just this is how it is, right? So, um, you know, in, in, at the American Islamic Congress, we had a multi-faith staff. We had Christians, Muslims, Buddhists, and so forth. I we worked with with a lot of organizations, and some of the organizations were a lot of the organizations. Some of the organizations were Christian, and they said, "Well, we don't hire anybody that hasn't accepted Jesus as their savior," and 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 still we're advocates for religious freedom, somehow. Uh, uh, you know, or if you were to come and work with us, you'd have to pray for you have to pray with to Jesus in the morning with us. Mm-hmm. So you as like you so you wouldn't respect my faith belief in your offices but then you're advocating for religious freedom which is always like kind of like a gaffe to try to get you to become uh, you know to evangelize um but what like when it comes to this this article how how did it sit with you man because i said i'm the one who sent it to you because i was like it seems very convenient to pick and choose and go against the jesus narrative uh and and i know that the head of prager university i can't remember his name he said he would say that the interpretation of the Ten Commandments is "Don't murder, not to not kill." Yeah. So is that where this, this whole thing comes from, or what? Yeah, I think that this is kind of a natural evolution um, 
in which certain elements of evangelical Christianity that were pre-existing was sort of put on steroids by um, Trumpism, nationalism. Um, when I was involved in the church, um, there was a there was a big movement to reclaim like the masculinity of Jesus. There was an idea because over the past couple generations, the um, the population of the church has been becoming more and more feminine, and so th there is an idea that churches have become feminized and the vision of jesus the portrayal of jesus kind of like this bleeding heart touchy-feely jesus um was seen as being too weak and too feminine and not manly enough and there was a there was an interesting book that made some waves written a few years ago to, called uh, jesus and john wayne which talks about this um and so um often you know when we would encounter teachings of jesus like you know turning the other cheek um and not getting revenge and that sort of thing um they would be uh interpreted in such a way that jesus was talking about like e either very specific circumstances or that he wasn't talking about it in the way in which he seemed to be talking about it. So, one popular interpretation that I heard for the turn the other cheek um, doctrine, for example, is that um, when, if somebody slapped you on one cheek and you turned to the other cheek, it was an act of defiance in which you were kind of saying, I dare you to strike my other cheek. And then, if they went ahead and accepted that dare, well, then now now you knew <laughs> who your enemy was, kind of, right. or that sort of thing. Um, so we would have all sorts of like kind of like doctrinal um, uh, acrobatics that we would go through to uh, sort of downplay the apparent um, nonviolence that Jesus was advocating for. Um, and, you know, the whole eschatological vision of, of the return of Christ as, as it was popularly understood was that, that whether or not, you know, we were the ones that transacted the justice, that justice would ultimately and violently be employed against the non-believers and against the people who had wronged us. Well, it's 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 interesting because you know I look at some of the comments, right? There's and in the articles is one says I'm an Orthodox Muslim. I don't know what that means, <laughs> and and so, uh, um, but it is but the words of Russell Moore were 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 moving not only for uh, their call for tolerance and understanding, but because his statement is a reminder of those who spiritually believe in God's justice and mercy, and that's that's I think a very strong. That's a completely in alignment with sort of a Muslim, how Muslims think. You know, the idea of I, 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 we are doing the best we can. We may and we rely on Allah's mercy to to give us. We rely on Allah's mercy for for our the idea of 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 us being complete after death, right? And we're doing the best we can, and so very very uh, we, we're Muslims are always depicted as being extremely violent right we've always depicted as all these things you know, because all of our actions have to do with faith rather than looking at criminality in the United States for example of the largely Christian population as as a result of a failure of their faith or their faith one way or another or or wars as a result of faith or failure of, of faith whatever it is and so it's it's an interesting concept to be like we're trying to work this 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 justification for uh, violence war conflict in Jesus when it already exists and it's sort of this we're trying to dispel the pretense that it doesn't you know that somehow we're Christians are bound by nonviolence bound by what you're saying well femininity and I think that has to do with more of a social issue mm -hmm. but bound by uh, uh, being, you know, turning the other cheek and bound by all these things when 
and, and it's to, to most Muslims, I would think Muslims, it's a pretense. Like it's, a, it, it's, a, it's, it's, it's a fallacy that we're to even think of Christians as being nonviolent. Yeah. It, it, you know, it makes no sense to, to when we think about how Christians transact their business in the world. Uh, is it's it, it it's certainly violent, uh, just yeah. like any other religion, any other faith. Right to the extent that you know, Christianity and American nationalism, or the United States, are viewed as one and the same. Then, that kind of doctrine doesn't make any sense. I mean, we might we might claim to follow a peaceful God or a peaceful Savior, however. You know, our military is larger than every other military in the world combined. <laughs> right. Well, I, I, you know, and I wouldn't advocate that America is a Christian nation. But if we talk about, you know, the Balkan wars in the Balkans, right? So you talk about the, the Serbians and the, and the Croats mobilizing in, in, in the idea of, of uh, in, in Bosnia and Kosovo from a faith-based background. Or we talk about, you know, the in Ireland... Uh, the Protestants and the yeah. and the and the Catholics, you know, tangling with each other, or um, uh, we we talk about uh, someone like like Hungary, which is you know, Orban's really very very clear. He says we're a Christian nation, mm-hmm. and and that's who we are. Uh, uh, so I think that that there's there's this strange look this. It's almost like trying to convince somebody that so- that something's happening that it isn't. You know, we're largely just a peaceful people, and this is who we are. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and right now we've got this crisis because of Trump. But we're, we, we've been good all this this whole time, and now there's this where you know someone's trying to justify some bad de- uh, you know bad deeds that are anti-Jesus, but they're saying that it really means it really is what Jesus is. But there's been plenty of conflict, violence, and all kinds of other things in the name of Christianity. And so it's a it's a strange it's strange that how how widespread is this debate how widespread is this is this is this issue you know that's the question I have mm-hmm. how real is it or is this really just a convers an internal conversation and with the hopes of convincing outsiders that maybe this is the case yeah I would say that you know in terms of anecdotal instances in which. Uh, uh, pastors, for example, find to their discomfort that congregants are willing to disregard uh, passages of scripture that disagree with their political views, even if they happen to be written in red letters. Right. Um, to me, that's not really news. Th- that's There's nothing surprising about that. I mean, the typical way for a Christian to function is for us to have a a collection of a collection of scriptures that sort of define functional christianity for us and that work for us and th- that are um compatible with our kind of our, our way of existing in the world and then you have you know, a, a very large collection of scriptures that are we're completely indifferent to, that just don't seem to have any effect on us whatsoever. And then there are maybe a handful that um, we're kind of maybe in a certain amount of discomfort with, but we sort of intentionally disregard because we don't exactly know what to do with them, right? And we try to keep that pool as small as possible. Right. Um, but for a fundamentalist, who is supposed to believe that all scripture kind of stands equal with all other scripture, more or less, and that all scripture is the, the literal and inerrant word of God, um, that is a very difficult set of beliefs to try to juggle. Well, it, you know, you, get, you're always, it's, you, know, you gotta indigenize, just, just like a jihadi, just, you gotta indigenize Jesus into your your agenda. And yeah. If you don't, and, there, and, there's, and if you don't do that, then you, you, if you can do it and you can do it artfully, then it works, right? Then you can get followers and you can kind of move forward, right? Yeah. I just don't understand the pretense of any of this. Why? why? You know, wars are waged, you know, faith-based wars are waged. All this stuff exists. There's been violence in, 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 in every faith. And, and 
no one seems to have had a problem with Jesus being, you know, the pacifist and then still converting people by the sword or 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 using faith to justify their role in violence. So, or or or, like I said, I, I don't think America is a Christian nation. I think it's a multi-faith nation. It's founded on those beliefs of religious freedom, which you no, know, I'm an advocate for. But there's plenty of Christians in the in the military. Mm-hmm. There's plenty of Muslims. There's plenty of Buddhists. There's plenty of Sikhs. Plenty in in the military, and you're you oper- operate uh, uh, based on your faith. Your 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 you have your faith faith belief, but you're on your own mission, and you're in the field. You're doing what you're doing. Yeah, I thought it was funny in this the sequel to Left Behind, which you didn't watch. Uh, one of the lines in the film mentions specifically that the military and police forces were decimated by the rapture. The implication being that a, a large number or even a majority of people in those institutions were Christian. Because, right. you know, that, that's, we see ourselves as being on the side of, of law and order and, and justice in that sense. Right. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, we have nation building. We have who we are. There's the operational aspects of, the, of, of our planet. Yeah. And that we all have to earn a living. We all have to pay our bills. We all have to do that. And then we all are, have a belief system that we act on. Yeah. And so in that movie, the UN is seen as being the bad guy. This kind of like this inst- institution of the, the new world order, um, which, you know, we should get into that in another episode because that was a, a big part of, of my growing up. Um, but the fact is, you know, uh, and, and any one of these religions, especially the Abrahamic religions, which, you know, there, there is this, this uh, revolutionary idea of the inherent value of the human soul, right? Um, some people are going to interpret that as meaning that the, the belief in the religion, um, means that they have to show concern and respect for fellow human beings regardless of what the fellow human beings believe and the majority are going to find that to be too inconvenient and and are not going to do that but we can see uh in in the news articles that we're looking at here about what's happening in pakistan that um yeah there are muslims who definitely interpret their religion in that way that they are uh, obligated to show concern for in this case christians that are uh, suffering some kind of persecution in the same way that there will be a minority of christians who will believe that way towards muslims when muslims are being persecuted well, well the, the, the you know the, the movie the, the you know khartoum is is a really good example of it's kind of like rapture-esque Mm-hmm. The idea of the Mahdi is going to sort of move through the planet and uh, and and sell it out, you know, pray at every mosque, and everybody who comes with them is saved from a Christian, like from a, using the Christian you know terminology. Yeah. And anybody who's not part of the Mahdi's army, it won't be will, will be sl- you know slaughtered somehow, you know, or whatever, you know, we'll we'll, we'll get the business. Yeah. Um, and so we'll become part of the other, uh, and. And so it is rapture-esque in that standpoint. That that's kind of why we kind of exchanged those movies. I was like, the, the, it's not so much of getting you know doing the math on the Monty, but the idea that this guy believes that everybody should convert as is he encounters them, and then he should be every, in every city, every and sim- symbolically, as he hits every city, the world will will come come into Islam, uh, and and that gets into it's a very similar idea yeah. uh, between the, the, the rapture and the and the Mahdi and what he's supposed to be doing. The two movies kind of, I mean, one has award-winning actors, so I spared you the um, Nicolas Cage-ness of it. Uh, but uh, I'm sure Nicolas Cage has won some kind of award. I, I, maybe. 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 I don't know. Um, <laughs> so, but the, but the article that you're referring to, the, the, the last article, the one they were talking about, so, Quran burning in in Pakistan. Two couple Christians were accused of that, um, and then it says, uh, you know, you know, Pastor uh, Javad Bhatti was roused from his sleep. This is such a great, great first sentence uh, by the mosque loudspeaker. Not the usual call to prayer, but a thundering call to protest against a la- alleged blasphemy by Christians. And then it says, instinctively, 
he gathered his family and ran to the street where fellow Christians were already spilling from their homes into a narrow into narrow alleyways. Some were running barefoot. The, the, the children were shouting, run, 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 the clerics are coming. <laughs> so, okay, so, uh, and you threw this at me right before we started. So blasphemy is a flashpoint issue. Uh, it says where vigilante moms have, have killed people uh, accused of insulting Islam and the prophet. Peace be upon him. So here's the, here's the issue. I, I, I don't know, I don't know if, if so many Christians took to the streets, that, that's, that's troublesome. I'm sure there were moms, it says there were Muslim moms floating around. But, the really, but, but this is a multi-faith win from a perspective of Muslims were sheltering Christians. And it showed that side of the community, which is the vast majority. You know, and they have statements of like, you are safe here uh, because uh, there they're, they're Muslims harboring uh, Christians in their shops and homes and so forth. Um, it, you know, I, I mean, uh, my, my, in, my first reaction is, is that, you know, we always have to, we always have to check the Christian martyrdom box. We always have to do that. Hmm. And in this case, maybe there are, maybe it is a martyrdom issue. Um, there were houses burned, there were uh, uh, people injured and so forth, and that's, that's, May, are they martyrs? Maybe. Um, should the violence happen? No. Uh, I always, whenever I dealt with these issues, when I was at the American Islamic Congress, or even now, the first question I ask is, well, why? What was burned and why? And I always think back to the Salem witch trials, you know, there was which was largely a land grab. Uh, so, what was the dispute that actually happened that led to these houses being burned and these people being killed? And generally, it's economic. There's always some kind of economic issue. You know, they're the wealthy families. They're the people that have this control over large spaces of land or so forth. Um, I was thinking back to something that I was involved in in, in Afghanistan. So in 2020, 2012, there was the burning of Qurans by the U.S. military uh, commanders. Um, and, it was, there was, and it led to protests in Afghanistan. Uh, and... I was involved in the post so I wasn't I was there but I wasn't able I wasn't involved in the issue and uh, and I I found out later like I said well no one knows how to destroy a Quran I, I, I don't even know how to, I don't know how to do it um, but I wouldn't I wouldn't destroy any religious book and I wouldn't know how to dispose of a religious book uh, I think the, the I think the Jews uh, the Jewish community have a really great way of doing it they just kind of put it in a tomb and it sort of repatriates itself back to, you know, the earth, the manna, whatever it is. Um, but when I was talking with, I was doing training with uh, commanders on this, I said, look, uh, burning the Qurans was wrong, but you didn't act on what was going on. And what was happening was, is that the Muslims that were imprisoned were writing notes to each other in the Quran. Essentially, major, major problem in doing that. And if you brought an imam in, you brought someone in, a, a religious scholar figure, they would say that this is, that they are transacting, uh, that the people, the Muslims that were writing in the, book, in the, in the Quran are transacting, uh, uh, defacing the word of Allah. Mm -hmm. And that would have been the high ground. Yep. Uh, you still don't burn the Qurans. But they were, but they were doing is passing messages to each other. Right, let's escape. Let's do this. Don't tell them about that, because they were being interrogated. Right, they were members right. of the Taliban and Al Qaeda and all this stuff. And so, um, and it, and then we have the you know the burning of Qurans in Denmark and in Florida and the EU and all that stuff. That's kind of and, and everybody's worried about. Muslims will defend their faith. Um, I understand free speech. I just don't think that. I think we should be respectful of each other. And I think we should be very, you know, if you want to make a, a statement about free speech by burning a religious book, then there's going to be a result to it. Yeah. Um, there's going to be a reaction to it because people are faithful. Should the reaction be violent? Uh, I, think I think people are looking towards some sort of crescendo if they're burning a religious book. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, I, and I, I don't know the, 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 the issues associated with this case in Pakistan. It sounds like 
it sounds like someone wanted it sounds like a land grab or an economic grab and it sounds like someone made up these Christians burning the Quran it sounds like that to create or incite some sort of violence targeted violence against these people that's what it sounds like to me and I, if I had to do the math or this was like something that I got involved in it generally ends up that way when it comes to this it's like 5,000 Christians in an area and there's there's some control over an economy how do we break that economy this is how we do it right mm-hmm. and and there's always a group of people that are ready to rock uh, if there's some kind of blasphemous issue yeah it says here on. that Christians make up around 2% of the population and occupy one of the lowest rungs in Pakistan society it also mentions that what they're looking for is um, two Christian brothers who have been accused of desecrating the Quran. And so, you know, obviously we're not getting the whole story here, but this is this seems like very, very vague accusations against people who right. happen to occupy the minority right. spot. Now, are there plenty of instances in which the tables are turned the other way? Absolutely. Um, and... Uh, I, I I don't know if... I'm going to go as far as saying this. Christians in Pakistan are not burning the Quran. Okay? You, you just wouldn't do it. It would be a stupid, pretty stupid move, wouldn't it? It's just not happening. <laughs> it's just not It's just not happening. Yeah. So, if I was there, you know, I mean, the, the first, I would walk in and, and I'd, I would be like, you know, Kiawa, like, 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 what, what is going, that, that's what is going on. Right. In or do... And there's no way that anybody would, that anybody who is non-Muslim would do such a thing because they're already on eggshells more or less. Yeah, especially in Pakistan. Right. Especially in Pakistan. This to me appears to be manufactured. Um, the only the only Christian that would burn a Quran in Pakistan is like if an evangelical parachuted in, and they would do it to create an issue. Yeah. Um, and and to create persecution and martyrdom, and then get get into an article like this, and then hope that the Muslims don't help the Christians. Mm-hmm. That's that's generally what how it, I can't think of any scenario where that would happen, other than jihadis doing it to create incite violence. Right. So there would be there's there would be responsibility on both sides, right? So uh, extremely disappointed in the Muslim population for not putting a cap on the mob who's going after this. But if, in fact, there were, was a burning of Qurans, or, and, and, and it, was, it was, was Christians, then I would expect the Christian community then to figure out what the hell, what, what, what's going on. You know, who did it? Mm-hmm. But where, where, where are these Qurans? What happened? Where? When? You know, there's, in a very Columbo-esque fashion, there doesn't appear to be motive, opportunity. It doesn't exist yeah. at all. Um, but we, clearly something happened. And we don't know what the impetus was. Uh, so, but it's easy to, to say, all right, this, this was the occurrence. But this guy, I would like to... So pastor, it's pastor Bhatti, roused from his sleep, right? Because the, the mosque loudspeaker. So what was this loudspeaker? Who was... Who's the imam that's on the loudspeaker? Who's the guy who's doing the loudspeaker business? So I'm wondering what that is all about. Mm-hmm. You know, and so I would love to talk to that guy and see, okay, what, what's the story? What was that announcement about? Right. Because it's only meant to do one thing. Like burning a Quran, it's only meant to create, to transact violence. Yeah. But uh, and I think that what it comes down to is if you take a hundred instances of religious violence, ninety nine of them are not going to come down to pure religious fervor. There are other issues, you know, ethnic, property, yeah, cultural, wh- whatever, yeah. c- cultural issues, where basically you've got one group of people, and and this is I think probably the most common type of incident where. You've got a, ma- a majority of people who have a, a certain set of values and a way that they, they like to live, and there's a minority of people who appear to be in some way um, threatening those values. 
they have a different set of values, a different way to live. Right. And we don't want to let them get too uppity. And so you're going to need to keep them under control, nip that in the bud, and make sure that they don't feel safe enough to keep propagating their values. Right, and this is just totally typical tribal human behavior that just happens to have a religious veneer on it. Yeah. And that would say, like, the vast, vast, vast majority of religious violence cases are something along those lines. Yeah. Just humans being humans, and in this case, slapping a religious veneer on that behavior. Yeah, I think I think we just got, you know, it. it we'd have to do the math on this a little bit more, but I think that... Uh, I don't know. I appreciate your input and appreciate uh, this conversation. We we chat back and forth a little bit, and uh, we're trying to we're 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 still muddling through. It's been a while since I recorded, so uh, this is this season. We're kind of muddling through the new sort of format and what we're up to. So we appreciate everybody's patience. This has been Crossing Face, or Christian Muslim speak religion and politics. I'm John Pinna, and I'm Elliot Toman. Thanks so much. Thank you.